All right, guys. All right. Hey, it's good to see everybody here today. And listen, I could get used to coming out to preach right after Alice Cooper there. Um, that's a side note. But, um, but man, it's awesome to see you guys here today. You picked a great, great day to be here today. If you're kind of visiting, check this out. You, you saw it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or something like that. Somebody invited you, and they said, hey, something, our church is doing something a little different today. You should come and check it out. Well, um, you picked a great day, man. I am so fired up because today... We start our brand new series, going to take us all the way into August, all right? So this six weeks called Summer Playlist. And let me just uh, kind of explain the rules, okay, of this series so that we all know how the next couple of weeks work. Back in April, all right? So back in April, actually specifically the week after Easter, we opened up a place on our website where anybody could go. It didn't matter if you went to church here or not. It didn't matter where you lived. You could just go to Summit Hazard Dot com, and you could submit any question that you wanted answered during this series. Anything that you wanted to ask, and you were like, man, I would like to hear Mark preach a sermon on this. I would like to see if I can stump Mark with this question. I mean, people could ask anything. And listen, since April, we've, I mean, we've literally gotten hundreds and hundreds of of questions coming in. And listen, guys, about anything, all right? I mean, about any kind of topic you could imagine, we got questions about. We got questions about relationships. We got questions about sex. We got questions about marriage. We got a lot of questions about the end of the world. We got a lot of questions on can you be cremated when you die? So a ton of people asked about cremation. So uh, so I don't know, man, that must be a big issue either in this area or something because some of you guys, um, I'm not going to answer that. I'm just going to let you uh, struggle with that one, all right? But uh, we'll, we'll talk about it maybe something in this series. People asked about heaven, if heaven's real. Is, is hell real? Do we become angels when we die? Do we get cream cheese and wings in heaven? Is that all it is? I mean, you don't get that joke. Um, but we just got tons and tons of different questions. And here's what we did. After a few weeks where you guys could just submit your questions, we took... The, the, the top 15 most repeated questions, put them up and let you guys vote on the six you want to hear. And so what we're doing in this series, we are starting with number six and we're counting down to number one. We're starting to, with number six, today's number six, and we're going to count down to the question that you guys voted to hear the most. And so, I mean, I've been really, I just can't wait to, to, to dive into this today. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, we're going to talk about drinking in this series. We're going to talk about, it's funny too, the order that you guys voted on, and you guys voted on the order of, can we drink, can we get tattoos, and can we get divorced? So I don't know what that means, but somebody's looking for a party. It's all that sounds like. I don't know. But man, uh, and, and, then, and then the last question is, can I be sure I'm saved? After all that right in a row on a weekend? I don't know, bro. I don't know. But... Uh, it's going to be, man, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. But let me tell you why we're doing this, okay? Um, let me tell you why. Uh, I, I thought of, uh, I thought of uh, this series that wanted to do this last year. Uh, and let me tell you why I wanted to do this series, really for two reasons, all right? I wanted to do this series for two reasons. The first reason is because so many people come up to me and they talk about how church isn't relevant for their life or the Bible isn't relevant for their life or they have questions about their life that they've never heard Christians talk about. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. And what happens is we get this huge disconnect between where we live and where we think God is. And here's what I want us to see. There isn't a question that you and I are struggling with, no matter how big, how small. There isn't a question that you and I have that God doesn't deal with and can't answer. Okay? I mean, I mean, listen, we don't need to make the Bible relevant. It already is 
relevant. The deepest questions in your life today, even if you're here, you don't believe in uh, God at all, or I don't know where you're at on the spirituality scale, but you might not believe in God at all, but I want you to know, man, the, the Bible deals with the questions you're asking. So I just want us to see that the disconnect that we think, oh, here's where I am, church doesn't deal with that. Here's where I am, the Bible doesn't talk about that. You know what? The disconnect is smaller than you think. There actually is no disconnect. Here's another reason I want to do this series. Um, I wanted to do this series because as the pastor here at Summit, I want our church to know that it is okay to ask questions. Okay? It, it is okay to ask questions. When, when I met Jesus Christ in April of 1996, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't have a church background, and I didn't really believe in God. How I came to faith is a long story that I'm not going to share today. But here, here, here's all you need to know. I had a lot of questions. A lot of questions. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know G. I didn't know any of this stuff. Maybe you have a church background. I didn't have a church background. I had a lot of questions. And here's something that God did for me. God put me in a really good church where people around me encouraged me to ask questions. They said, Mark, you can ask whatever you want. Anything that you're struggling with, you're curious about, you should ask. Listen, some of you guys, that's not your church background. Okay, I get that. I get that some of you, your church background, you couldn't ask questions. You couldn't say anything that sounded like you were disagreeing with leadership or anything like that. You got judged. You got stoned at your last church, not recreationally. Um, that's another question we'll probably talk about in this series. Um, but, um, but you, man, you just, you left because of that. You, you left because of those reasons. You didn't have a good church experience because of those reasons. I want our church to know that it's okay to ask questions, all right? It's okay to ask questions. You don't get the Bible, ask. You're struggling with whether there's a God, you should ask. It's okay to ask questions. And so that's what we're doing in this series. We're answering, I'm going to try, 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 try to answer the six questions you guys wanted to hear the most. So are you ready? Are you ready? Are you excited? Man, I'm excited. I'm fired up. So here's question number one. Here's question number one. Here's what we're doing today. Why do Christians think it's okay to get drunk on Saturday night? Woo! And then go to church on Sunday. Why are so many Christians hypocrites? And, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Um, and and, and if, you're, if you're wondering what the other questions we're talking about in this series, there's invite cards out there all over. Grab them. The schedule, everything we're talking about every week is on there. But honestly... I, I've struggled with what I'm going to say today with this one more than any other topic that we're talking about in this series. The, 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 this is the hardest one for me. And let me tell you why this is the hardest one for me. I don't know if you knew this or not, but if you look at what the Bible says about hypocrisy, specifically Jesus, if you look at what just, just Jesus, let's not even talk about the Bible. If you just look at what Jesus said about hypocrisy, there is a lot in here. I mean, the hardest thing for me was to try to condense a lot of it down into one sermon when, guys, honestly, and it might be one day, this could be an entire series. This is something that the Bible talks about a lot, just this idea, hypocrisy. And so I think for us to really be on the same page here, we need to know what is a hypocrite. Some of you are like, that's easy. I brought them this morning. Don't look at them. Don't. Stop. Right? But we need to know what is a hypocrite, all right? I don't want to assume we're all on the same page. And here's we go. And here's what you need to know about what a hypocrite is. You know, if you look back at the history of just that word, hypocrite, that word originated and it was first used to talk about actors in the Greek theater. 
So actors in the Greek theater, they were originally known, instead of actors, they were called hypocrites. Because people in, in plays or in drama and on stage, they were pretending to play a part. They might put on a mask and pretend to be someone or something they weren't. And so at first it didn't carry all the baggage that it has today. It was, referred to, it was referring to actors and it was, it was talking about someone on stage that said, oh, that person is a hypocrite. Well, Jesus really took that word and crafted that word hypocrite into what you and I know today, into what the world knows today. In fact, in Matthew 18, Jesus gives what I think is a definition of hypocrisy. You don't have to turn there. That's not the verses we're going to be at uh, today, but I'm going to put it up on the screen for you. In Matthew 15, I'm convinced this is Jesus' definition of what a hypocrite is. And Jesus, in Matthew 15, he's talking to a group of guys called the Pharisees. Now, here's what you need to know about Pharisees. Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. And in Jesus' day, if people thought of anybody that might know God, know about God, if there were spiritual advisors in Jesus' day, if you will, people would have said, oh man, that's the Pharisees. If anybody knows God, if there's anybody spiritual, it's the Pharisees. Jesus comes on the scene and says, no, 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 it's an act. Those guys are wearing a mask. Those guys are fake. That's exactly why the Pharisees hated Jesus, and ultimately they're the group that led to Jesus's crucifixion. But Jesus held his harshest words for religious hypocrites. We'll talk about that in a second. Look at this definition of, of, of hypocrisy. Matthew 15. You, and, and can, we all, can we all just say this next word together? And I've noticed through this week, people have talked to me about it. I'm talking about hypocrites this week. I've had a lot of people talk to me. I've noticed this topic brings up a lot of emotion, brings up a lot of anger. Ah, hypocrites. You know what I'm saying? So can we all say the next word with all of the anger, all of the emotion, and everything that just comes along with hypocrites? If you've ever wanted to yell and be ticked off in church, I'm giving, you, uh, I'm giving you the permission to do it right now. On three, let's all just yell the next word. One, two, three. Hypocrites. Oh, didn't that feel good? Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, watch this. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In other words, what they say and who they really are are not connected. They talk a good game, but it's fake. You go forward a little, a little more in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus, again, he's talking to the Pharisees, and Jesus in this entire chapter, he, I mean, Jesus, he, he, he's had it up to here with the religious people. He's had it up to here with their hypocrisy. And so Jesus just lays the smack down in Matthew 23 on these religious hypocrites, and he just gives just, just characteristic after characteristic of what a hypocrite looks like. Look at this on the screen right here. I put a bunch of them down for you. Here's this one. Think about this. Think if you think this is true, uh, if, this, if this rings true for you when you think about what a hypocrite is. Hypocrites don't practice what they preach. Anybody think that's true? Right? Hypocrites don't practice what they preach. Hypocrites do everything to be seen. Hypocrites cause people to turn away from God. Matthew 23, verse 13. How many of you have ever heard somebody say, the reason I don't go to church or believe in God is because of all the hypocrites? Raise your hand. Look at that. All kinds of people. 
All kind of, and hey, listen, let me say something about that really quick. You might be here today and maybe you just came out of curiosity because of what we're talking about today. And you're thinking, you know what? I don't believe in Christianity. I don't believe in God because of all the hypocrites. Let me just say this to you. If you're here or if you're listening to the podcast, I want to say this to you. What makes Christianity true is not the ability of people who profess to be Christians to live the Christian life. What makes Christianity true is Jesus Christ, what he did in his death and resurrection. I don't make Christianity true. You don't make Christianity true. Simply because there might be hypocrites who profess to be Christians and they're not doesn't make Christianity false. What makes Christianity true is that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ left heaven, lived on earth, died on a cross, came back to life three days later, and the tomb is empty. There might be hypocrites that fill the church, but the tomb is empty, and Jesus is alive, and Christianity is true. That's why it's true, okay? So, so again, so, 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 so I, I hear that, and man, I get that, but you just need to know that's not enough weight to say, oh, well, you know what? Christianity's not true. No, no, no. Christians don't make Christianity true. Jesus makes Christianity true. Amen? Amen. Religious hypocrites are all about laws, rules with no love, right? Right? That's why, yeah, you guys know that. I will talk about that in a second. Hypocrites' actions and inner desires, their motivations don't line up. Again, what they say and do, different things. See, here's what's going on in the room right now. Let me ask this question. How many of you know a hypocrite? Raise your hand. You know somebody, you'd say they're a hypocrite. Go ahead and raise your hand. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not going to ask. Yep. All kinds of hands going up. Here's what's happening in the room right now. What's happening in the room right now is we're all thinking about other people. Right? Right? All oh, those hypocrites. Some of you are texting people that you know. Preacher at Summit's talking about you. You need to come. Just saying. Right? We're all thinking about somebody else. But let me show you one more thing that Jesus said about hypocrites. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 7. So go ahead and open up your Bible. Turn it on if you've got, turn it on. Matthew chapter 7. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up there. If you don't have a Bible, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Preacher jokes. Matthew chapter 7. No kidding. Hey, if you don't have a Bible, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Words are on the screen behind me. Watch this. Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck? that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You, what's the next word? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. See, Jesus knows my tendency to see everybody else's problems and miss my own. And do you know what that's called? Hypocrisy. See, hypocrisy is a big deal. Hypocrisy 
It's a big deal. You know, we just finished a series called Living a Legacy. We did a sermon in there about the power of our words. And what we said was with our words, we can drive people to God or with our words, we can drive people away from God. Same thing's true about how we live. How we live can drive people to God. It can cause people to ask questions about our faith. Hey man, why do you have so much hope? Hey man, why do you do this? Hey man, why do you live that way? Our life can drive people to God or our life can drive people away from God. Hypocrisy is a big deal, especially in a small town like ours, right? So what do we do? What do you do when the question is, hey, what about Christians who get drunk on Saturday, come to church on Sunday, what do we do? Well, there's at least two things we can do. And Jesus tells us, first thing that we need to do, first thing we've got to do is we need to be honest about our own hypocrisy. So if you're taking notes, you should write that down. We need to be honest about our own hypocrisy. I love what Jesus says in verse 3. He says this, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't see the log that's in your own eye? Question, you tell me, what's bigger, a speck or a log? A log, right? Some of you are like, I don't know. Let me pray about it. Log. Logs are bigger, right? And we're really good. I think it's funny that Jesus says what's going on in other people's lives are specks. What's happening in our lives is logs. And we're really good at noticing other people's specks, aren't we? Aren't we? Oh, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe, girl. He said that. I can't believe she's with him. I can't believe he's with her. I can't believe what they did. Did you see what they put on Facebook? Golly, I can't believe it. Right? We're really good at noticing people's specs. Have you ever talked to somebody you see during the day, maybe mid-afternoon or something like that, and they got a piece of something they ate for lunch right here? You ever seen that? It's right here. Right here. You know what I'm talking about? Like you're talking, you say, hey, how's it going? They open their mouth, they say hi. They have a head of lettuce between their two front teeth. Have you seen this? And, and listen, listen, listen. It doesn't matter what they're talking about, right? They can give you the winning numbers for Powerball, all right? But you, like if somebody has that between their two front teeth, what are you looking at? That thing right there. It's like every time they talk, hey, what's going on? How's it going? What are you doing today, right? Like I don't know about you, but if I see that happen in other people, like it doesn't matter what you're saying to me. This is all I'm doing. It's like how do you not know that there's a, you're growing a garden, bro, right there. Got half that sandwich is still there. Saving that for later. Um, but we notice other people's specs, don't we? And we miss the logs in our own life. See, when we talk about hypocrisy, here's what we need to say. We need to say a couple of things. There, there are no perfect people. There are no perfect people. There's no such thing as a perfect person. There's no such thing as the perfect church. Listen, the only perfect person was Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only perfect person who has ever lived and will ever live. Jesus is the only person who could have really walked into a room, looked at everybody, and said to himself, I'm better than all y'all suckers. He's the only person who could have done that, right? See, the truth of the matter is that I, what I need every single day, what I need every day from God is grace. And what you need every day from God 
is grace. And if you don't think that's true, look at this verse. I love this short verse, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, if we can bring it up. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. In other words, this is what this means. If we say we don't struggle, if we say we don't have issues, if we say that we don't have junk in our lives that we're trying to work out, we are wrong. The best of men, I heard, I've heard this said, the best of men are men at best. The best of them. So, so what we all need every single day is grace. We're all struggling with sin. We've all got issues in our lives. Everybody's got stuff that they're trying to work out. And what we need every day from God is grace. That's why the gospel is such good news. Because if you are in Christ today, if you are in Christ, if you've got a relationship with Jesus, then all you'll get from God today, tomorrow, and every day is exactly what you'll need. All you'll get from God through Jesus is grace. And Lamentations chapter 3 says that every day God's mercies are brand new, meaning that in your deposit every morning is a fresh deposit of grace that God has put in to your account so that all we'll get from God all the day, all day, every day is grace. I need grace. You need grace. We've all got sin and issues in our lives. And if you're a Jesus follower today, What you need from God is exactly what you'll get from God. What we need is grace. But that's not the question. The question is, what about Christians, so-called people, who intentionally go out, get drunk on Saturday, roll into church on Sunday? See, everybody's got issues. Everybody's got struggles in their life. But that's not the question. The question is about people who intentionally do that. And see, it's true, there's no perfect people, nobody's got it all together, there's no such thing as the perfect church, if you find that church, don't join it, because you'll mess it up, right? No such thing as a perfect church, no perfect people, but there is such a thing as intentional hypocrisy. What's intentional hypocrisy? Intentional hypocrisy is this. I'm going to go get drunk on Saturday, go to church, lift my hands, put the mask on, act like everything's okay, play the part for one hour, but that's not who I really am. Intentional hypocrisy is walking into church and talking the language and knowing the answers, but you know you already got the plan to hook up with somebody this week. And see, what what a lot of people say at that point is they say, well, Mark, nobody's perfect. Mark, everybody makes mistakes. Well, here's what I would say. And listen, you might want to write this down. It's true that nobody's perfect, but saying nobody's perfect, nobody's perfect is not a permission slip to sin. Let me say that again. Nobody's perfect is not a permission slip to sin. It's not a permission slip to live however you want. So listen to me. If you're here today and I'm talking to you right now and maybe God's even ringing your bell inside where you've played, you've played in the part, you've got the mask on, but you know that you're not, you know that who you profess to be in here is not who you really are and you're sitting there in that seat and you're thinking, I got all these people fooled. I've got all of these people fooled. I've got the preacher fooled. I got all these people fooled. 
All these people think that I'm a Christian. They think I'm just like them. But man, if they only knew what was going on, I've got all these people fooled. Listen, if that's what you think today, I want you to know you've got the wrong people fooled. Because I don't matter. And in fact, nobody in this church does. Because you and I won't stand in front of anybody in this church when it's all said and done. We'll stand in front of one person, and his name is Jesus. And you can fool me, and you can fool other people, but you can't fool him. So you can put the mask on, he sees through the mask. And if that's you today, if you are intentionally faking it, okay, I'm not talking to strugglers. I'm talking to people who are intentionally faking it. If you are intentionally faking it, if you know you're just playing a role one hour a week, you need to be careful. Because God sees through the act to the truth, and one day that truth is going to be revealed. And listen, if that's you today... It's time to drop the mask, it's time to drop the charade, and it's time to give your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, full-time, today, right here. And we're not just talking about getting drunk on Saturday night. Remember, the harshest words Jesus had were for religious hypocrites, religious hypocrites, who thought they knew all the Bible, who thought they were keeping the Ten Commandments, who were convinced they were better than other people. And so if you're here today and that's you and you're thinking, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so and and God's going to let me into heaven because of all the good things I've done, listen, you need to wake up today because if our good was good enough, Jesus didn't need to die. But the reason that he had to die was because our good wasn't good enough. In fact, Isaiah says that our good compared to God, just like filthy rags. So if you're hoping on church attendance to save you, it won't, only Jesus will. Bible knowledge to save you, it won't, only Jesus will. Giving money every Sunday saves you, it won't, only Jesus will. Perfect attendance in Sunday school growing up saves you, it won't, only Jesus will. Your daddy was a preacher, your granddaddy was a deacon, that's going to save you, it won't. Only Jesus saves. Only Jesus saves. And so today, if you're banking on anything else other than him, you need to give him your life today. But the first thing we got to do, we got to get real. We got to be honest about our own hypocrisy. But then here's the heart. Oh man, this is hard. Second thing we got to do is we need to gently help other people with theirs. See, we need to get honest and get real about our own hypocrisy, but we also need to gently help other people with theirs. Most popular verse in the Bible right now, most misquoted verse in the Bible right now is Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Here it is. Judge not that you be not judged. Don't judge me. Right? Have you ever heard that? You can't judge me. Who are you to say? You can't judge me. Right? We've heard that. And listen, you might have seen that on a bumper sticker. You've heard people say that's the most popular verse in the Bible. And we got asked this question once in summer playlist. Mark, the Bible doesn't make sense to me. How can the Bible make sense to me? Let me just give you a little tip there. Every verse in the Bible has a context. What it means is there's something before it, there's something after it. You really want to know what it means? You got to read what comes before, you got to read what comes afterwards. And the world that we live in today has taken Matthew 7, verse 1, and said, hey, you know what? Jesus said, don't judge. That means you can't say anything to anybody. That's not what he means. That's not what he means. In fact, I'd like to read the whole thing again. 
Let's read the whole thing again in context. Look at this. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite first. So there's an order to what he's about to say. Here's the first thing you do. You take the log out of your own eye. What's that mean? It means you get real and honest about your own hypocrisy. I don't have it all together. I struggle. I've got issues. God's grace is changing me. I'm not where I used to be, but thank goodness, you know what? I'm not there anymore. I'm a work in progress. Grace is changing me, all right? So I'm just going to be honest about logs in my life. And then, he says... So after you get honest about the logs in your own life, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Gently help other people with theirs. Not judging somebody, not busting up into somebody's life or into somebody's house or into somebody's social media and just walking up to them. Man, hey, who do you think you are? You're such a loser. You can't do anything right. No, no, no. Jesus is telling us to gently go to people, gently go to people that we know, that we love, that we care for, and say, hey, man, I don't have it all together, but man, is everything okay with you? Are you doing well? Man, are are you struggling with something? I get the sense that something's up. Let's stop for a second. Answer this to yourself. Is there anybody in your life that's doing that for you right now? Do you have anybody in your life that loves you so much they'll walk up to you and say, man, I'm worried about you. If not, you're in trouble. You better get somebody like that. But then Jesus tells us to also, hey, you know what? If you see somebody and something's going on in their life, they're struggling, they've got issues, they need help. It's our job. Yeah, we're not perfect, but we're called by God to go to them and to try to help them. Anybody been to the beach this summer? You're going to a beach this summer? Raise your hand. Anybody plan to get near, some bo- near a body of water this summer? Maybe a lake, a bathtub, I don't know. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Imagine you're at the lake, you're at the beach, you're at your pool, maybe in your bathtub. I don't know what goes on in your house. Ain't judging nobody. You see somebody out there drowning. What would you do? I mean, I mean drowning, y'all, not doing like a remix of the doggy paddle or anything like that. You know, they are drowning. Help, I can't swim. What would you do? If most Christians did what they do for other Christians who are struggling, when they saw the person drowning, here's what they do. Oh, I'll pray for him. Mm. 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 I, need, I need to get the prayer chain going. Oh, goodness. Oh, oh well, you know what? Jesus said not to judge. I, I'm, I'm not Michael Phelps. I'm not that good swimmer. I just hope it goes. I'll just pray for you. God is, God is faithful. He, he'll take care of you. Oh, I hope somebody does something. Oh, oh, right? No, you would not. What would you do? You would David Hasselhoff that mug, right? All of a sudden, the Baywatch theme starts playing, and you're running, right? I've got this, and you hit the beach, and you might drown with them. I don't know, but you would do something. Hey, here's what Jesus is saying. Do you know anybody that's drowning that you need to bust the lake open of their life and try to help them? 
Somebody here, my wife Elena and I, we were talking about this question yesterday, and here's what she said, it's so true. We were talking about this question. She said, she says, so the question, first question you're answering is why do Christians get drunk on Saturday, come to church on Sunday? That's real specific. Somebody must know something about somebody. Hey, 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 that's funny. But did you ask this question? Because you know somebody? What do I do? I'll tell you what you do. Because our lives can drive people to God or our lives can drive people away from God. You might have asked this question or during this morning, God might have laid somebody on your heart and the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you need to go to them. You need to gently go to them and say, hey man, I'm praying for you. Hey man, what can I do for you? Hey, I want you to know I'm in your life. Hey, you know what? I don't know if you realize what this is doing to other people, but is there somebody that you know right now You're not judging them, but all of a sudden, for some reason, they're just in your mind. They're on your heart, and God is saying, you know what? They might be drowning. You might need to go to them. See, let me give you three things that every hypocrite needs to hear really quickly, and then we're done. We can go to the house. Three things every hypocrite needs to hear. And remember, who are the hypocrites? I'm a hypocrite. We're all hypocrites. Look at the person next to you say, you're a hypocrite. Now look back at them and say, so am I. Right? Three things every hypocrite needs to hear. First thing, every th- first thing every hypocrite needs to hear is you have an audience. You have an audience. I have an audience. Here's what that means. There are people watching your life. People are watching how you live. Not just at work, not just at school, not just at home. They're watching what you post on social media. Amen? Best thing I can say to somebody, before you post that picture on Instagram, count to three. Okay? Because I follow some people on Instagram, and I'm like, what? What? You have an audience. People watch how you live, and how we live matters. And listen, because we have an audience, number two, second thing we all need to hear, every hypocrite, I need to hear this, is you have, an inf- you have influence. You have influence. I don't know who thought of this, but some Christian along the way thought of this statement, and everybody's probably heard at least one time. You are the only Jesus some people will ever see. Right? Meaning they won't open their Bible, they won't go to church, but you're the only Jesus some people might ever see. Oh, you know what? I'm not the CEO. Oh, you know what? I don't really have that much influence. You have more influence than you think you have. At school, at work, at home, in your life, with your kids, with your spouse, online, you have influence. But here's the last thing you need to hear. Here's the last thing I need to hear, and then we're done. Not only do you have an audience, not only do you have influence, but you are loved. You're loved. Listen, I don't know what got you here today. I don't know what got you in the seat, but I want you to know I love you, and I am glad you're here today. But more importantly than that, God loves you. God loves you. You are loved by God. And I want to say to every struggler in this room right now, you are in a safe place today. You are in a safe place. You're not surrounded by people who think they're better than other people. You're not surrounded by people today who have it all together. Instead, you're surrounded by people for whom the grace of God has made all the difference. 
And so I want to say to you, whatever the issue is, whatever you're struggling with, you are in a safe place today. You're in a good place because you're at church. And if there's ever a place where people who are broken, where people who are hurting, where people who are lost and confused and don't have it all together, if there's ever a place where those kind of people should go, it should be the church. Amen? should always be the church. So if you're here today, if you're an addict, you've got an addiction in your life, you are in a great place today because you're surrounded by people. There are people in your row, in your section, who are still addicted to that thing, but the grace of God has caused them to experience victory in that area, and all of a sudden, they're getting the smell of freedom. They're beginning to walk in freedom. They've still got a lot of the issues you do. They're not better than you, but the grace of God is causing them to see freedom they've never experienced before. And so if you're in the chains of addiction today, you are in a good place. If you're confused today and you feel like life is over, you feel like life is stuck, you don't know what to do, and you've got questions, I want you to know today you are in a good place because you're surrounded by people who have the same kind of questions, and instead of those questions causing them to walk away from God, they're learning how to walk with God in the midst of their questions. So if if you're confused, you're in a good place today. If your marriage is not where it should be, you are surrounded by people who are in marriages where they, that are not where they should be. And they're trying to work on it. And the grace of God is keeping them in it. And maybe you fought for that marriage and maybe you tried to keep it together and it didn't work and it fell apart. You are in a great place today. Because you are among God's people. And the thing that's made all the difference is the grace of God. And so no matter what your issue is, no matter what your struggle is, no matter what your past or your baggage is, you might look at your life and feel like you all your life is is a series of bad decisions after another. Well, you made a good decision today because you came to the place you needed to be at. You came and you are with God's people. And the thing that sets this church apart and everything Every church apart is the grace of God. We're not better. We don't have it all together. We've got issues, but we have a great Savior who loves us in the midst of those issues. He's working his plan out for our lives, and one day we will be with him, and he will finish what he started in us. Amen? Amen. That's where you're at today. So you are in a good place today. And maybe the reason that you came today is, I don't know if it was a friend that invited you, I don't know, maybe you saw something online, but as we've been talking today, you've got this sense something has woken up inside of you, and it says, I don't think that I know know Jesus Christ. I don't think I've got a personal relationship with God. Everybody thinks that I do. You might be here today, and maybe you grew up in church. And for the very first time, you realized you're not a Christian. Listen, I've heard stories of guys preaching, and while they're preaching, they realize they were never saved to begin with. And when the invitation started, they bow down in front of the church and give their life to Jesus in front of everybody. Number one, awkward, right? Preacher just got saved in my church. That's crazy, right? But hey, you know what? Happens all the time. When people who grew up in church have a religious background, all of a sudden realize it wasn't real. Maybe that's you today. 
Maybe you're here and that's not your background. You don't have some kind of church background, but all of a sudden, God's met you in that seat and you know today, man, you've been wearing this mask. It's all a front. You've been playing a game and God is saying to you today, it is time to drop the mask. It is time to get real. Or maybe God is laying somebody on your heart today who's drowning. And you got to go help them. And you don't have it all together. And you've got struggles. And you've got issues. But God is saying, you're loved. Go. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, right now, right now, I think in a message like this, we can all look at our lives and maybe feel like, maybe feel like we don't measure up. Maybe feel like maybe all of a sudden we walked in, we thought this was going to go one way, it's went another way, and now all that we're thinking about is the issues in our lives, the struggles in our lives, the logs in our lives. Help us to know that no matter what the log and no matter how big it might be, you love us. There is no one in this room that is so stuck that your grace can't make all the difference. There is no one in this room that is so far gone that your grace can't reach down into their life today and change everything. And so God, maybe it is the person that as they sit there in this seat today, they realize, you know what, I don't have a relationship with God and I need Jesus in my life. Or you know what, I've been playing games and I don't want to play games anymore. I want the real deal. I want the genuine article, Jesus Christ inside of me. I'm done faking it, done, done trying to impress other people. I'm done playing the religious game. I need Jesus. Or God, it might be that we've sat in that seat and somebody has popped into our mind, their face or their name. Help us to see that the reason we're thinking of that person is because we need to go to them. They might be drowning. They might need some help. And yes, they need us to pray for them. But they also need us to gently go. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, I wonder what God has said to you today. I wonder what God has spoken into your life today. Let me, ask, let me ask you this. You answer this question by raising your hand. If you're here today and you say, Mark, during this sermon, God laid somebody on my heart that I'm concerned about, that I need to talk to, I need to even talk to them this week, would you pray that I'd have the courage to go to them because I think they might be drowning and need my help? Raise your hand for that person right now. Hands are going up all over the section to my right, right here in the middle, all over to the back, over here to the left. A lot of hands are going up. I see hands right here in the front, going up. Just put your hands down right now. Put your hands down. If you put your hands up for somebody, begin to pray for them and begin to pray that God would give you the courage to go this week. But you might be here and you say, Mark, you know what? I do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I do, I do not have God in my life and I need to be saved today. I really want it to be real. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, just simply go to church and put on a mask. I want it to be real in my life. I need Jesus. And if you're here today and the Holy Spirit is telling you that you need to give your life to Jesus, 
then right now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead us in a prayer. And these are not magic words. But if you're here today and God is leading you, he's telling you, hey, you need to be saved. You need to have a relationship with me. And you don't know what to do. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that if we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Mark, I think I need to be saved. What do I do? What we do is cry out to God in prayer. Ask him to save us. And he will. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, you can just pray this prayer silently right there where you're at. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life today. Jesus, I need you. And I want it to be real. Make all things new. Help me to live for you today to the best that I can for the rest of my life. I love you. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye still closed, nobody's looking around. Did you just pray that prayer? If you just prayed that prayer or today you're making the decision to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, I want you to shoot your hand high in the air so that I can see it and celebrate with you. One, two, three. Raise it right now. Right now, if today you're giving your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. If you're making that decision, I want you to look up at me right now. Just look at me. Just look at me right there from your seat. Just look at me. Hey guys, today, if you're looking at me, you're beginning a relationship with Jesus today. You're making the biggest decision of your life. And on your way out, we want to give you a free Bible. And we got a book for you called Seek First. I want you to take your connection card. On the back of that card, check, I gave my life to Christ. Don't you leave until you let somebody know the decision that you've made and let them know by giving them that card on your way out. We'll give you a free Bible. That book, we want to help you in the relationship with Jesus that you just started. Dear Jesus, I thank you that in the midst of our imperfection, you love us. God, don't let any of us get comfortable with the areas we struggle. Don't let any of us get comfortable with sin in our lives. Don't let anybody in this room or listen to this podcast use the phrase, nobody's perfect, as a permission slip to sin. But God, help us to want to live for you the best that we can by your Spirit. And that when people see how we live, they will not see perfection, but they'd see Jesus. In your name, amen. Church, let's thank God for today. Let's thank God for how he's worked here today. And listen, I want to say one thing before I let you go. Hey, listen, if today you're new, you're a first-time guest, you're a returning guest, I would love to meet you at our Welcome Center out there to the right. And make sure you fill out those cards. If you're a first-time guest, we've got a free gift for you. Everybody else, we've got, we've got uh, volunteers all over the auditorium. You've got prayer requests you want to serve. We've got a question. You've got a question, anything. Put it on those cards. Turn those cards in on your way out. And guys, listen, next week, part two of Summer Playlist, we're going to answer the question, how can I stop doing the things that I hate? It's going to be, it's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. Guys, you're dismissed. See you next week. Love to see you today at the welcome table out front. See you guys.